chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. That we're at Mark 5, verse 25. Uh, it's not in Luke 25. Mark, Luke 5, 25. It's in Mark 5, 25. I was in the wrong book myself. So that makes anybody feel better. Preacher does it too. Mark 5, 25. At a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, that means she had female problems, suffered many things, many physicians, as but all that she had was nothing better but rather grew worse. So in other words, she ran out of insurance, she ran out of money, she ran out of health care, ran out of doctors, been fighting this thing for 12 years, and she wasn't any better yet. And so anyway, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press of the crowd behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, or immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So woman, for 12 years, 12 years had a major problem. Wasn't going to kill her, but it sure made life miserable. And some of you today may be looking at things in your life that somebody else, that might not be a big thing, but if it's Hindering your life, cause you to be miserable in life, no matter what area of life it is. Financial area, family area, job area, whatever it is. If there's something in your life that you're miserable in right now, you've, you've tried to get answers for years, you need a miracle from Jesus. So this woman received her miracle. I want to skip down to verse 34. And Jesus said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and behold that plague. And so that woman received her miracle, but Jesus said, it's your faith that received that miracle. And so for us today, I want to define a miracle as this. There's all kinds of theological definitions you come up with, but to me, a miracle is any time the God that's in that realm that we can't see reaches out to something in this realm that we can see. In other words... To me, a miracle is every time a prayer gets answered. If you've got something impossible in your life to handle, whether it's major or whether it's minor, if you cry out to God and he does something to change that thing in your life, you just received a miracle. And, you know, I just want to say that my son in the front row, to me, that was a major miracle. He was crippled, had leukemia when he was a kid. And we reached out to Jesus with the principles we're talking about today, and he got healed. I've got a son now that says United States Marine. That's his dream from the time he was a kid. And his whole life, he headed towards that dream. He had things shut off so many times becoming a United States Marine. But he used his faith, persistence, the miracles we're talking about. And now, as rough as some of that stuff is he tells me about, man, he's in hog heaven. Man, he loves it, loves it, loves it. He's down to piddling now. I said, Dad, I can't wait. Man, I'm going to get to throw real hand grenades and shoot machine guns. He said, man, I just, I want to get deployed. I want to go overseas. I want to do something. Well, my prayer and his prayer, that was going a little two different directions. But praise the Lord. We'll see what happens. I want him in the will of God for his life. What I've said is this. He knows he received favor and a miracle from God to get him in the Marines where he wanted to be at all the time. And by the way, I was talking about my military family. Well, God, I forgot I got a grandson that's an Army Ranger, too. So, so we got a lot of people in our family that are out there doing things that they want to do in life. But for your life, if you've had doors closed on things you want opened, if you do the things we're going to look at the Word of God today, God will open those doors for you. God will give you healing. God will restore families. God will get you promotion. God will get you another job if you need a job. Whatever it is you need. I want to tell you, Jesus is on your side. And I learned something years and years and years ago. When it comes to my faith in the Word of God, if there's ever a hindrance or ever a problem, it's never on His end. It's always on my end. If somebody has to change, God's not going to change how much you beg Him to. He's not going to change for you. But God will let you change you to be more like He wants you to be so He can do what He wants to do for you. And so we always have to make up our minds that we're willing to change our thinking, to change our heart attitude, to change our actions, if need be, so God can do what he wants to do. I determined years and years and years ago 
what I tell you when my faith life started, that God was real. And because God was real, I determined in my life that if I saw it in the Bible and it wasn't something I believed, I wasn't going to ask God to change the Bible to agree with me. I was going to change me to agree with Him. And so out of these almost 37 years I've lived for Him, I've changed and I've changed and I've changed and I've changed and I've changed. And every time I thought I was done changing, I come to find out that in God's school, I still was only about that far up as far as he is. And so I'm changing again as we speak. He's changing my thinking again. He's changing me again. It's not because times have changed. It's because I need to change to be more like he is so I can help change things in the times we live in. Amen. Society may change and things may change, but God's principles never change. Amen. And so we need to change as much as we can. So anyway, uh, whatever you need, God will give you a miracle. And so this woman in verse 25, she needed a physical healing. But for the sake of this lesson, I want you to think where you are in life today and examine your own life. And what impossible question, what impossible things are you facing today? And I want to say it again. Just for, your, just for your sake, we're all human beings in here. We don't have any perfect people in here. The only perfect one there ever was, they killed him. And so, praise God. But he raised up from the dead. He's at the right hand of God. He wants to help us today. And so, you may have something. You think, well, nobody's sick in my family. I'm not sick. I'm not broke. I've got money in the bank. Everything's okay, but I guarantee you, because you live in this earth, there's something in your life that is a problem, and you may have learned to live with it. But just because you've learned to live with it doesn't mean it's what God wants in your life that's best. God wants you to be able to take your faith and change what that is so you can even do better in this life than what you're doing right now. So I want you to think about your life. You know, you may have a major thing, and there probably are people here today that have some major things you're really dealing with that you really have cried out to God, you've got to have some help. You've got to have relief. But just stop and listen to these things we're going to talk about today. And if there's things that, like I said, a miracle is simply God intervening to be happy human beings, doing things for them they can't do themselves. You know, I think about an example I've heard before. Uh, especially in leadership things, so I'd go to I'd, I'd do a, go to a lot of leadership conferences and things like that. Is this? If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know it didn't get there by itself. Somebody helped put it there. And so for Christians, what that means is this: we see things happen in Christians' lives that people look at Christians think, I don't know how that ever happened. And people look at Miracles happen in our lives and say, I'd never believe that in a million years. I don't really believe in God, but I have to say this. I believe God helped you. That's what we want it to be. We want people to look at our lives, and there may be something you've lived with for the last 40 years. And people who used to see you. I think about it in Mark chapter 10, a man called Blind Bartimaeus. What a name, Blind Bartimaeus. Why do you think they called him Blind Bartimaeus? Because he was blind. Well, he operated these principles we're talking about today, and he was no longer blind Bartimaeus. He was preaching Bartimaeus because he was preaching what God did for him. Yeah, he learned to live with being blind. He was a street beggar. He was begging for money because he couldn't work and do anything because he was blind. Well, God healed him, and so then the people he used to beg from, I'm sure he'd become productive, and he was the giver now. And so in your lives, people may have thoughts about you in their minds that call you such and such, such and such, because you've been in the same rut for all your life. You've been in the same place all your life. Born on the other side of tracks. Where you're born again now, and you're on the right side of the tracks. Amen. You're in God's family now. And so wherever you are now, God wants to change your status in whatever it is that people are seeing you as, so they start seeing you as a child of God that God has blessed and done miracles for. Amen? Amen. And so anyway, what is it you're facing today? Do you need a miracle in your physical body? If you do, 
you can receive it today. You need a miracle in your family relationships. I think it's very sad and pathetic, all the Christian families that are, that haven't talked to each other for years because of stupid stuff. Because of the devil just causing people to be blind and deceived and having pride in the way of not being able to make a phone call or say I'm sorry or something stupid or whatever dumb reason. Anyway, division is not of God, it's of the devil. And so you need, you need a miracle restoration in family relationships. You need a miracle on your job. Are there things on your job that are absolutely impossible that you need some answer to prayer and you need it now because things need to change? Or do you need a miracle in your finances? Are you up against the wall in your finances? You need God to really do something major in your finances. Well, the principles today we're looking at will turn those things around. And so verse 26, again, she suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had. By the way, we're all for doctors and medicine. We're not against doctors. But have you ever noticed... What their, what, 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 what their, what do they call that? The hypocritical oath or whatever that thing is, is called license to practice. To practice? Well, they practice and do all they can do, but we're guinea pigs for a lot of doctors. They're practicing. And I want to say again, we're not putting down, man. We praise God. We gotta have doctors, gotta have medicine. But this woman here for 12 years let a lot of them practice on her. Then she let the, if they had insurance company, said she spent all she had, nothing better, only got worse. Then she let her practice on her money. She ran out of money. She ran out of health care. She ran out of everything. And after 12 years, after all she did, she got worse. And so, you know, I think about our lives. How many of us, whatever area of life is, we've done all we know to do. Man, we've run to Google. We've run to Goggle. We've run to Facebook to get the 10,000 likes, and we still didn't get that raise. Family still didn't get put back together because of all the pictures of this new post. Nobody got helped. And so anyway, have you done all that you know to do, but things have only gotten worse? i got good news for you. If you do what this lady did, if you do what this lady did, your faith, verse 34, said her faith made her whole. Your faith can receive a miracle from Jesus. God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. God is a respecter of faith. So we're going to be looking at this lady's testimony, and we're going to be noting some Bible principles of faith as we look at it. And I want, I want to say something here, a couple of things you've got to always know, and if you know, you've got to remember this. Your faith will not work apart from the holy written word of God. In other words, you cannot believe for things that the Bible is against. You don't believe for things that the Bible's for. Third John 2, he said, above all things, I want you to prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. And so God told us three things right there. Even as our soul prospers, you've got to have a consistent, healthy spiritual life. You've got to be a person that reads your Bible. You've got to be a person that prays. You've got to be a person that does what your Bible says to do. And it's really, 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 really advantageous to be hooked up with a good church that God has you in. Have a pastor and a church family to fellowship with. Because whether you know it or not, i just give you a natural example. I mean, it happens to me all the time. I don't know about you. Maybe it's just a preacher they pick on. But all the time I have people, as they're coming through the door, Pastor, you got something on there. Like that, and hey, you got something there. Let me get that off of you. Spiritually speaking, you come into church. Morning, Melinda. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay, Pastor. I thought, wait a minute. I got to pick something off of her. She's not doing okay. I recognize that tone. I recognize that. That's not how Melinda normally sounds. She's got something on her. And so I may not be able just to say, hey, Melinda, I need to pray for you. There's something wrong. I may have to pick it off for her in the spirit of my prayer time. Or it may be, Michael, I'm sure glad you're here today. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, Pastor. I thought, wait a minute, Michael doesn't usually sound like that. Sound like something, something bothering Michael. I need to get something off you, Michael. Praise the Lord, man. How you doing? Put some anointing on Michael. Hey, man, he needs blessed. But you know what? If I wore my nice suits just in the public everywhere 
everybody doesn't know me and everybody's not going to want to pickle in off of me. The, the people that know me, that love me, they're going to want me to look good. And so you just in public, knowing people in general, they're not going to recognize something's wrong for you. You're going to think, man, this lady's always depressed. They're not, they're not going to know that Betty's always happy and joyful like that. Betty's having a bad day. They're going, to look, they're going to think, man, she's always like this. No, she's not always like this. She's always got joy. You see her having a bad day. You're going to pray for Betty and lift her up. So what am I saying? I'm saying for you to have a good spiritual life, you need to have a good spiritual connection with your church family because we're going to see things. And let me, let me tell you something about a church family that's a Bible church family. We don't judge. We don't point fingers. We don't condemn. If we see some of our church family starting to step off into areas we know are dangerous areas, we're not going to come and pound them over the head and beat them up and tell them, hey, why are you doing that? Don't you know that's wrong? We're going to say, whoa. Man, they're starting to get in an area there. They need help. We're going to pray for them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to invite them over for supper. We're going to say, hey, Robert, what you and Susan doing today, man? You guys want to go out to eat? Think, Robert and Susan need a little encouragement. We want to take them out, man. We're going to sit down together and fellowship. But the thing is, in a good church family, it's not a critical thing. It's a helpful thing just to be able to help people. So what am I saying? For you to have a good spiritual life, not only should you pray, pray and read your Bible, but you need to mix with other Christians of like precious faith because the Bible says so. Amen? And then he says he wants you to prosper and be in health. Even as means equal to your spiritual life. And so the better you're doing spiritually, the better your health is going to be. The better you're doing spiritually, the better your natural things are going to be in the financial arena, your house, your stuff, you live, your car, stuff like that. You're going to be blessed because the blessing of God makes it rich, makes you rich and has no sorrow to it. Amen? Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand. And so God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. As we've already established in verse 25 and verse 36, it look at the Bible principles of faith, that this woman had this serious problem for 12 years. And, you know, today in uh, modern people talk, I'm from the last century a lot of my life, but today they call it issues. You know, I know if I was talking to Katie, uh, Katie would say, well, they've got real issues. Well, this, Roman ha- this woman had a real issue called issue of blood. And so we've established that she had that. She went broke. And so today's times, we can say she Googled and still didn't get the answers. She studied medical books, didn't get the answers. She even joined a support group or two. And they whined and cried. (laughs) Everybody said, things are bad everywhere. We all got issues. And so let's confess our issues. And let's cry together. Isn't that basically what it is today? People do all that kind of stuff there. Support groups. Probably people in support groups. I better watch out what I say. But I'm just saying, if it's not a Bible-based support group that teaches faith and victory in Jesus through the Bible, I don't know how much real support you're getting. You may have somebody you can cry with, but when my son had leukemia and he was crippled and I didn't have any health insurance, I didn't need somebody to cry with me. I need somebody to pray with me. I hold my hands up and show me how to get past the doctors. I wanted the doctors. I mean, man, heavily involved. The doctors, the doctors could not heal that leukemia. The doctors couldn't make his little legs straighten up and start walking again. I needed to get out of this world, get into that one, and get some help from there to here, and then to pay the bills. Praise God. Bills got paid. He got healed. We got blessed, but a crowd support group wouldn't have helped him. Amen. And so this woman tried all those things, no better, only got worse. And so if you're to that point in time where you're tired of running around to everybody else, researching everything else, and you haven't got the help yet and things are worse, then praise God, you're at the right place at the right time today, and we're going to show you how to receive your miracle. And so I want you to notice and look at these principles of faith, verse 27. And we're going to see what she finally did to change the course of her life. It says, when she had heard of Facebook. When she had heard on the Internet. No. She heard of Jesus. She heard 
of Jesus. I think about years ago, I got an aunt that ended up dying, man, lots and lots of years ago. I remember they took her to South America to try to find some kind of cure for cancer down there that our, our uh, FDA wouldn't approve. And they took her everywhere, did everything, and that part of my family went broke, and the lady died young anyway, because everywhere she went to get the answer and try to tell them, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. To me, it's a whole lot easier to open a Bible, to go to church that teaches healing, and the hookup of Jesus, then spend all your life savings and retirement, everything, to drive, to fly 10 million miles, and still not make it. And so I'm saying this woman had already done all those things, found it didn't work, said she heard of Jesus. And so I want you to hold your place and look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. Keep it in mind, looking at your life, for a miracle you may need, and Jesus told her, your faith has made you whole. Your faith received a miracle from Jesus. And so we're going to look at her faith. And so Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I want you to get that. You can't pray for faith and get more faith. You can't do good deeds and get more faith. You can't just sit in a church and never open your Bible or pay any much attention to get more faith. Faith is when you begin to listen with your spiritual ears. Jesus said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Faith begins in your life when faith comes through your physical ears, goes through your spiritual ears, gets down in your heart. So this woman heard of Jesus and because of where she lived, I'm sure with all the crowds of things going on, she'd heard about this guy. And, you know, think about the modern times, all the political rallies we just had. There's a lot of crowds in a lot of places, but not very many people know these politicians up close and personal. Well, this woman heard of Jesus, but then she heard of Jesus. And then she wanted to get close and personal. So the number one step to faith for a miracle is to hear what the Bible says about your situation. She'd been hearing testimonies from people that Jesus did miracles in their lives. People received great healings. And you know, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is full of miracles Jesus was doing. As this woman finally got personal to her, well, I'll give you an example. Well, that pastor told on Sunday morning at that church that back in 1979, he started wanting to know God. And then in January of 1980, he didn't really know God real good, but God gave him a miracle. Well, if that God that was with him in Indianapolis, and he says with him today, that when I go home tonight, God's in my house. When I clock in tomorrow morning, God's on my job. And so, if he says Jesus is the one that did it, then I'm going to look to God, I'm going to look to Jesus, and I'll get a miracle too. So that's what this woman heard. She heard these testimonies of Jesus doing miracles, and she got to thinking, well, that was the kid next door. That kid next door couldn't walk, and now he's walking. Jesus did that for that kid, they said. Well, that man over there, he's been laid off for a year, and now all of a sudden, that man's got a job, that's the same thing he used to do. And he's hooked back up with his pension plan. And things are going well. And that man said Jesus did that. And so, see, this is people hearing about Jesus. And so you begin to think, wow, if Jesus did that for him, if Jesus did that for them, then I want to find Jesus too. Jesus will do that for me. And so this woman finally changed her source of information. She changed the hunt. She decided, Jesus is going to do for me what no doctor can do. Jesus is going to do for me what money couldn't buy. Jesus is going to do for me what I really need done in my life. I've been bleeding all these years, and it's miserable, it's embarrassing, 
I don't like it. I know back in my church in Indiana, I had a lady that had that problem for a lot of years. And so I know, I know how miserable that could be in a woman's life to have that problem. It's something a lot of people can't see, but if it's you personally, you know it, and it bothers you. And so in your lives, what is it that nobody can see but you, but it's bothering you? Amen. Well, the first thing you've got to do, the number one step to faith, and principles of faith, you've got to start finding out what the Bible says about your situation. And, you know, I want to show you something that we have on the information booth back there. I have these printed out, these things here. It's called, I call them never again cards. And, you know, a lot of you have these. But daily confessions is speaking the word of God out loud. And there's lots of things here about, about your financial life, about your family life, about your church life, spiritual life, about your health life, about your children. Thanks to the word of God. And so this helps you to hear, look up these verses in your Bible. But these are back to the information booth. But these things ever really help you is the number one step. Start finding out. What does the Bible say about my job? And, you know, whether you know it or not, the Bible has a lot to say about where you work at. God wants you happy on your job. God wants you to be so happy on your job that people ask you why you're so happy. That's the truth. Peter said it the way Peter said, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. And then when they ask you, that's not, that's not you going out trying to preach that people don't want to hear it. That's people seeing you, and they're coming up and saying, Mike, you're happy all the time. Mike, why are you so happy all the time? You're a boss. You're not supposed to be happy. You're supposed to be mean. And Mike say, I don't have mean in me. i got Jesus in me. But I have discipline in me, and I'm submitted to authority. And so I'm going to tell you what to do. And if you don't do it, I will fire you. <laughs> but I'm going to be happy when I do it. No, I'm serious. Christians can be happy walking their authority and do what's right, but people ought to ask you. You know, I think about that. You know, a Christian boss ought to be somebody that's respected and honored, but at the same time, an employee ought to be able to come up to the boss and say, hey, would you pray for me today? I'm really having some problems. And the boss be able to say, yeah, we're going to take a few times out of our day to pray because the boss is going to know, number one, that they're called to pray and help people. But then number two, if you pray for a miserable employee and they get unmiserable, then they're going to do a better job for you. Amen. A word to the bosses and employees, and I know they do that. It's so anyway, number one thing is hear what the Bible says about your situation. Then number two, I want you to notice verse 28. For she said... And I circled that in my Bible. She heard Jesus talk about what God wanted to do for her. And then she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. The Amplified Bible says she kept saying, she kept saying. And so I want you to look at Mark chapter 11, turn a few pages. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. She heard... Then she said, and we're talking about Bible principles of faith. That your faith can receive a miracle from Jesus. So Mark chapter 11, verse 23, verse 22, Jesus tells you to have faith in God. Then verse 23 tells you how faith is activated. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, out of my Bible, I circled the whosoever. Why did I circle the whosoever? Because when I first got saved, I was around a lot of religious people all the time. And religious people said things like this. Well, of course, you know, that was for the apostles. And they passed away. I thought, well, yeah, they may have passed away, but I need help today, you know. And so it said, whosoever shall say, Jesus was talking to 12 apostles. How many know that Jesus is smart? Amen. Jesus is not some goofy politician that plays with words. Jesus uses his words to mean what they say, say what he means. And so if Jesus wanted this to end 
where that last apostle took his last breath, Jesus would have said, Okay, you apostles, you're with me today. I want to tell you something. Listen, this is going to work for you, but nobody else ever again. I'm talking to you 12. This is for you 12 only. I'm going to let you in on a secret. You 12 apostles, if you shall say, but he wanted this written down for all ages. He said, guys, I want to tell you something. I'm going to show you how faith works because God's no respecter of persons. He said, have faith in God. They said, if Susan shall say in the 20th century in Barstow, if this Janelle Copey, using their faith for their family, shall say. So he said, whosoever shall say. So my Bible, because I want my Bible to be personal to me, because I've served a personal God. Jesus is a personal Jesus. Jesus knows me. He knows where I live. And when he sent me from Indiana to California, I was warned by people about California. Well, they got earthquakes in California. I said, we got tornadoes in Indiana. Well, they got snakes in California. Well, we got snakes in Indiana. And every bad thing they told me about California, we had similar bad things back in Indiana. And so, well, taxes are high in California. I said, well, I looked to God to help me pay my taxes in Indiana. He knows what they are to California. If you're going to send me to California, I can pay the taxes of California. God did not send me to California to go broke or to die in an earthquake. Amen. Had a tornado come past my house back in Indiana when I was first in the ministry. Took out the woods. We pointed the tornado and went, got it out of there. And so what I'm saying is this. Whosoever shall say, no matter where you live at, no matter what your education is, no matter what your economic status is, no matter what your skin color is, no matter what your family name is, whoever you are, you fit in whosoever. Jesus made you. He knows the number of every hair on your head. He knows what you're going to think before you think it. He knows who you were before you were born. He knows what you're going to need. And so my Bible, I circled whosoever, and I wrote, this means me. Whosoever, he said, shall say, and I circled the say because he's teaching me about faith. Whosoever shall say, remember that woman says, for she said, if I touch his garment, I shall be whole. She said something. She heard something, then she said something. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, well, this mountain is whatever the impossible, immovable object or situation is in your life. Whatever the impossible thing is in your life that you can't do, he said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Tune up. Listen in. Don't let your mind wander. Shall not doubt in his heart. There's a difference between your mind and your heart. When you got born again, your mind did not get born again. Your heart did. Your spirit changed. Jesus lives in your heart. He doesn't live in your head. Romans 12, 2, he told us to renew our mind. To not be conformed to think like the world thinks. The world thinks. Mountain, you're big and getting bigger. Mountain, you were impossible yesterday. You're hopeless today. Our mind is not to think impossible, no way, can't do it, never happened. Well, you read what Facebook said, didn't you? I Google it, Pastor. Oh, I'm tired of hearing that. Whew. No. And then I want to say to you, well, sir, I Bibled it. And Bible out trumps Google. Every time. Amen. I'll take what the Bible says every time. And so, but Pastor, I read it in the paper. Oh, God. <laughs> Woo. No. Jesus said, shall not doubt in his heart. And so I want to tell you this. Faith will work from your heart if you've got doubt in your head. 
Your head will lie to you. Your head will tell you no. Your head will tell you quit. Your head will tell you give up. And then besides that, for every Christian friend you've got that tells you you can do it, you're going to have 10 Christian friends tell your head you can't do it. And so Jesus said, Whosoever shall say, Mountain, you're getting out of here. You're gone in Jesus' name. Leukemia, I call you gone in Jesus' name. Bankruptcy, you're in my past in the name of Jesus. I'm prospering now. Divorce, you're behind me. My life's changing for the better now. We're going to get things on. We're moving forward in God. We're getting things changed around in Jesus' name. I'm not a has-been. I'm on my way. Amen. I'm on my way to success. That's what I'm going to be doing in life. Shall not doubt in his heart. So get this, get this, get this, get this. Shut your head off when those thoughts come to tell you you can't do it. Listen with your heart. I know what I've done so many times. It helps me personally if I'm in a bad situation to get on my knees and close my eyes. Have my Bible open. And when I'm looking at impossible situations, I shut everything off and I close my eyes. And I look up to heaven and I say, Jesus, you know in my heart I don't doubt. You know in my heart I believe what your word says, Jesus. Lord, I know that my mind's being hit right now. But, Lord, I'm not going by what my mind's saying. I'm going by what my heart's saying. My heart says, Jesus, you're greater. My heart says your word works, Jesus. My heart says this thing's going to turn. It's going to change us. Your word's coming to pass, Jesus. In my heart, you told me, Jesus, if I say... And don't doubt in my heart. Well, I'm telling you right now, Lord, everything out there is contrary to what I know you really want to do for me right now. And, Lord, my, my heart says that you're going to do it. My mouth says you're going to do it. And then a lot of times I'll just lay hands on my head. I'll say, head, shut up. You're not leading me. You're not influencing me. Shut up. Be quiet. Get out of here. Devil, get behind me. Head, shut up. In Jesus' name, my heart believes. Amen. And so I want you to get this because too many Christians move by feelings. You know, I'll say this again. said it so many times, but you've got to get this. Preachers are nothing more than a believer that's called of God to preach. We have feelings. We have to fight off fears and doubts and everything else. And boy, I tell you what. It sure makes me feel real good if I'm up here and I'm calling up somebody for healing and I need something in my body right now. There have been so many times I'm up here and I get, I say, Jesus, can I be the first in line? I don't go by feelings. The Word of God says I'm healed, so I am. I don't go by feelings. The Word of God says I'm saved, so I am. So many times I come in and I'm the preacher. That's Jesus. I'd sure like to sit there and get preached too, but I'm the preacher. That's the Lord. I'm not the preacher because I feel saved. I'm the preacher because the Bible says I am saved. And so I'm not going by what I feel. So what did you say all that for, Pastor? I said it for you. Quit being goofy. Yeah. Amen. You know, I, I, I had a Bible school teacher told me back in 1983 in a prayer class. He said, if you've got to have goosebumps or have the hair stand up on the back of your neck to know that God's moving in your prayer closet, I'll get you a block of ice to sit on. You don't know your prayers are answered because you've got the goosebumps. You don't know God is moving in your life because, whoo, every hair on the back of my neck stood up. you feel that? I didn't feel anything, but the Word says. And so in your life, whether you get the goosebumps, I know, I know a guy went to church with back years ago. He said, man, I get the heebie-jeebies, whatever the heebie-jeebies are. He had the heebie-jeebies all the time. <laughs> well, praise God. I don't need the heebie-jeebies. The Bible tells me. And I speak it, and I don't doubt it in my heart. And so for you, if you'll get past that speed bump in your faith life and realize you can run full steam ahead with the Word of God, whether you ever have any feelings or not, stick with the Word. Don't doubt the Word in your heart. Speak it out of your mouth, and you're going to start being, seeing miracles come in your life. Amen. 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 Anybody get anything out of that part of it? Amen. Shall not doubt in his heart. Now, I want you to see this. But shall believe that those things which he saith, I circled that, he saith. 
Because that woman said, Amplified Bible said she kept said, shall believe that those things he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever his preacher prayeth. He shall have whatsoever his wife believeth. He shall have whatsoever he hopeth. No, no, no. It's good to have a preacher that believes. It's good to have a wife that prays. It's good to have hope. But Jesus said, you will have whatsoever you saith. As somebody said, it never works for me. Guess what? You just proved it right there. As soon as you said it never works, and you believe in your heart it never works, it's never going to work for you. Somebody said, well, I'm offended, I doubt that. Well, that's why nobody get along with you then, ugly. Because you're offended at everything. You don't get offended at the Word. You get offended at Word, you get offended at God. You get offended at God, how's He going to help you? Jesus said in this passage three times, you'll have what you say, you'll have what you say, you'll have what you say. And somebody said, I don't want it. Well, I can't help you, then you're never going to get it. Somebody said, he's mean. Well, if you think so, I think I'm helping you. But whatever you think, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Anyway, we're looking at these principles of faith. And so this woman, she heard what Jesus had to say, what Jesus was doing, what his track record was about sick people. And so she began to say then, back to Mark chapter 5, she began to say then that if I touch his clothes, I'm going to be whole. And so start talking the answer. Start talking the answer. Start, start talking the answer. Somebody said, Pastor, that's hard. It might be hard, but it's not impossible because Jesus said to do it. He said to start saying what you really want. But I can't do that. Well, somebody's not telling the truth that either you or Jesus. Jesus said you've got to speak to the mountain. Jesus said to have faith in God. And so your faith in God doesn't work because you think it's hard. It works because your heart says, I can do this because God's in me. Jesus is in me. I begin to say what I really want to happen, not how bad it is. You're never going to receive a miracle if you don't start talking right. Gotta get some things changed. See, if you want a miracle, you must say what God's word says the answer is to your problem. Quit talking the problem all the time. Faith doesn't deny things, faith changes things. Faith doesn't deny things, faith changes things. And I want to say this I know that when I First got saved, first uh, in the ministry of things. Word of faith was just really starting to start up back in the early 80s. People really got a hold of these kind of things. Christians got so in bondage about words, you could never find out what was going on in their life to help them. Uh, Pastor, can you pray for me? Yeah, what are you praying about? I don't have any problems. I said, what am I praying about then? I need prayer. I don't have any problems. I said, what can I pray for you then if you don't have any problems? I'll just rejoice with you. No, no, I need prayer. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And so in other words, we don't major on the problem. We don't ignore it. We just don't focus on it all the time. So we do have to identify the problem. If you go to the doctor and the doctor finds a lump, it's not wrong to say, the doctor found something. I need prayer. If your boss told you 30 days from now is going to be your last day, you don't go around saying, I have a job, I have a job, I have a job. I didn't get fired. I didn't get laid off. No, no, no. You start saying, things are changing in my life. I need to start praying and make some adjustments now to be ready for God to move in my life. I need to change some things. So what am I saying? That if you get a medical diagnosis, you can't be afraid to talk about the diagnosis. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. But a power to love and a sound mind. 
And so you need to say, if you're praying for somebody, or if you're just praying between you and the Lord, you need to say, Father, or if you've got a prayer partner, what your pastor prayer you say, I went to the doctor this week. Now, I know the Word of God says, and you say what the Word of God says. First Peter 2.24, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Matthew 8.17, he took your infirmities and bare your sickness. Whatever it is you're looking at, and then say, Pastor, or prayer partner, whoever you're praying with is this. I went to the doctor. The doctor found this in the test. I'm a born-again child of God. Jesus paid the price for my total redemption, spirit, soul, and body. And now, this thing in my body is a trespasser. It doesn't belong there. I've been bought with a price. And so this thing can't stay. I want you to pray for me. James 5, 14 says, The elders of the church can anoint you of all. Pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18 said, Any believer can lay hands on another believer. And the anointing of God's released, and they recover and get better every day. And so faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. You get a diagnosis... And you need prayer. It's not a lack of faith to identify the problem. It's a lack of faith to be able to do something about the problem. And so the way you identify problems is you say what they are, but then you just don't talk about the problem every day. You talk about the answer every day. The answer in that area would be this. I've had hands laid on me in the name of Jesus. According to the Word of God, Mark chapter 16 when a believer lays hands on the sick, they shall recover. So the doctor saw this, but I've had hands laid on me, so I say in the name of Jesus, that lump's getting smaller every day. My blood's getting better every day. My brain's changing every day. My back's getting straighter every day. Whatever it is, because that's recovery is talking the answer. See, that's not ignoring the problem. There was a problem, but faith changed it. You begin to say that. When my son was in the hospital, when he was three and a half years old, don't think it wasn't very, very tough to see this kid. All of a sudden, little legs curled up and he couldn't walk. And then the doctors, all the stuff happened to his physical body. It was so horrible. The doctors told us, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening. Here's what you can expect. Well, I listened to what they said very kindly, and I never come against them. But then I expected something they didn't expect. I expected what Jesus had to come to pass. But I wanted the chemotherapy. I wanted all they had to give. But I was looking beyond what they had. I was looking up to heaven through the word of God. And so that God greatly sped up the healing process. From two weeks of diagnosis to total manifestation of the healing. Where this kid was walking and leaping and praising God. And the doctors through their microscopes told me. There's something wrong with our multi-million dollar equipment. Said this boy has healthy, mature blood cells, and that's totally impossible. Said our chemotherapy is supposed to kill those blood cells, and he's supposed to be back to point zero growing baby blood cells. And it would take at least six months to get in between blood cells, between baby and mature blood cells. But we've had our full dose of everything we got, and all we see is healthy blood. Amen. 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 So what am I saying? I'm saying... Of course, I had my pastor and the elders anointed to fall and pray the prayer of faith. We had hands laid on him. But my confession was this. People say, how's David doing? I say, he's getting better every day. Getting better every day. How's David doing? Getting better every day. What did the doctor said? What did Jesus say? Lay hands on the shall recover. So I chose, I chose, hook up with Jesus while they did their work. And I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget the day. We were there. They had a special doctor from somewhere coming into the hospital because they did not equate crippled with leukemia. They said this is two totally different things. Said there's said we've never had one before where they got leukemia and went crippled. And so they was working on the blood part. They had the head doctor for the children's hospital overseeing the project there, had the whatever they call the bone doctor guy coming in, crippled doctor, waiting on him. He was laid in the hallway on a gurney, legs all blessed up, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's off the bed dancing up down the hallway singing Jesus songs. And we were sitting in the hallway outside the doctor's office, and he was dancing. 
we were sitting there going like this because we believe in, but even like Peter in that room there, when they knocked on that door there and said, hey, Peter's out. I couldn't be out. What are you praying for? Peter was out. David was out. He was dancing. And that doctor, we watched this old doctor, man. He had a pair of those little half-moon glass things. and He'd walk out of that room, had one of these, walk back in. I watched him sitting there at his keyboard, walking, typing, looking. He came back out, and he came back out, said, he went just like this. Frankly, my boy, you baffle me. So when he said that, I got up on my seat very humbly, and I walked into his office. I said, excuse me, Dr. So-and-so. I said, uh, I just heard you say you were baffled. I said, well, maybe I could help you a little bit. I said, I'm a Christian, but I'm not here to preach to you. I said, I'm a believer in Jesus as my Savior to go to heaven through Jesus, but also... I said, I believe that Jesus is our healer, too. And so I'm not telling you what to do, what to believe. You're the doctor. We're the patients. You're the doctor. And we're not here to change you. But I heard you say you're baffled. So I said, this may help you. I said, I said these words. Let's take into consideration that maybe Jesus just healed my son. You know what the guy said next? Those things do happen. <laughs> so what am I saying? I'm saying that we were saying Jesus is our healer. Jesus, healing power, is working in my son's body. Jesus is doing it. And Jesus said, I've had I've had whatsoever I saith. Now, point three. I want you to see this back to Mark chapter five. Point number three, verse 27 says, when she'd heard, she said, she came in the crowd behind and touched his garment. She came in the crowd and she touched his garment. She said, if I touch his garment, I shall be healed. And so look at James chapter 1, verse 22. This is so simple. Anybody can get it. But then you've got to do it. James 1, 22 says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so it's not what you hear and know, it's what you know and do that gets results. It's what you know and do that gets results. So this woman had a lot of things that told her she could never get healed. In that Middle East culture, she wasn't even supposed to be in public without a man. Still that way today. A lot of those places over there, you read about it in the news today and hear about it. And also, in that Middle Eastern culture, because of Jewish laws, lepers were very contagious. Lepers were not supposed to be around people. And so this woman with the issue of blood, a woman bleeding like that was the same category as a leper. They were supposed to be separated from society. And if a leper got close to people, they're supposed to yell, unclean, so the people get away from them. This lady was not supposed to be out there because she's a woman. Then number two, if she even got close to a crowd, she's supposed to say, unclean, unclean, so people scatter. Well, she then defied everything around her and said, I'm going to get close enough to this man, I'm going to touch him. Well, the men in the crowd could have stoned her because she's a woman. They could have stoned her. Because she's supposed to holler unclean. And so what I'm telling you is this. I said that for this reason for you. No matter what you're facing in life right now, don't let anybody tell you you're unclean. Don't anybody tell you because of what color you are, because of what side of the tracks you're born on, because of your level of education, whatever it is in life, don't anybody tell you you can't apply. Don't anybody tell you you can't do it. Jesus said... You can do whatsoever you say you can do. Jesus said, this woman didn't just say it, said she did something. She followed through with action. She didn't just say, 
I'm going to touch him. Why is that so important? Because she heard about the healing anointing come from this man's body. And so everybody got close to Jesus. They were getting healed because of the anointing. So this woman said, I'm going to get close enough to him that I'm going to touch him. Do you know today that every person that prays to God the Father in the name of Jesus can touch him? No matter who you are and where you are, you can touch him. And so don't focus on what you can't do. Now listen to this. We're heading, we're heading to the finish line now. What is the first step you can take towards your miracle? I want you to stop and think about this. I want to help you think about it. What's the first step that you can take towards your miracle? Quit thinking about what you can't do and what people have told you you can't do, what circumstances said you can never do. Quit thinking that way. Do you need to bend over and reach for your toes? Now, why is that so important? Well, I think about the Copies. I mean, the Copy family is a good example. That day that Dennis and Janelle were sitting over here with their family, and their son Jeff came up here. At that point in time, what was Jeff, about 30 years old, 29, 30, something like that, 29, 30 years old, and he had curvature of the spine. And I preached about God healing backs, healing people, and told about some miracles. And Jeff came up in the line. He said, Pastor, I've never been able to touch my toes. And said, for what you said, I believe I can receive a miracle today. And so I said, well, Jeff, let me ask you something. Then when I lay hands on you, what's going to happen? And I taught you how whatsoever you say it. Jeff said, Pastor, when you lay hands on me, God's going to heal my back. I'm going to touch my toes. And so for a guy that lived that long, never been able to do it, I still remember you guys crying. I mean, your whole family was crying. I said, in the name of Jesus, just that simple. Receive your healing. I said, touch your toes, Jeff. Before he had a chance to think about it. Went over and touched him. When he did, man, these guys had a swimming pool around. They were all crying so much. That was something he couldn't do for all those years. He did it. And then he gave me the denim a couple years later. The Kopi families, like my family, we had lots of kids. They had lots of kids. Had a marker on their wall or something where they measured the kids' height. And so every year, it was Christmas time, whatever you guys got together, they'd all measure and see how much everybody had grown. Well, this year, Jeff had been in the same spot for years because he's a grown man. He was an inch taller. They said, that can't be. Why is he inch taller? Then they figured it out. His back straightened up. So Jeff got taller. And so what am I saying? I'm saying to you, what do you need to do as your first step you couldn't do? Don't let your head or people talk you out of it. Do you need to walk around your yard? Have you received healing in your body? When you believe you receive, do something you can do. You're not going to run the marathon, but can you walk? Get up, start taking some steps. Do you need to go face-to-face to a potential employer? I used to have to do that back in trucking days when jobs went under. We didn't have all this internet and stuff like that. Sometimes I knew, and it was very hard to do, I would come to a new employer, and I'd want to go in and see the head guy. I'd believe for favor and walk in. And just knock on the door and say, sir, can I talk to you? And sell myself as a truck driver that needed a job. And I got jobs all the time. I did what I, I didn't just tell them, pray I wanted a job. I went out and did something about it to get the job. If you're needing something, go get it. Do you need to call your estranged friend or loved one? Instead of praying for them to call you, do you need to call? Yeah, pastor, but I wasn't one who did the wrong. Why don't you eat some humble pie and make the call and act like you did the wrong? Why don't you make the phone call? If, you, if that thing's on your heart so heavy, you've got to get this thing changed, call them and say, hey, I want to tell you, this went on long enough. Forgive me for anything I've done. Forgive me for whatever I've done to fill this situation. I love you, and I know you love me, and time's short, life's short. Come on, man, let's get our family back together. Let's get our relationship back to where it was. We could do this with the help of God. Let's do this. Somebody said, I can't do this. Susie said, you couldn't, you couldn't. You need to start saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. Uh, do you need to put your tithe in the offering basket to get your finances in the right direction? Do you need to give an offering or give something to an individual that you know in life that has need? Do you need to do something to sow some financial seed? Or listen to this. Uh, better stick your toes under your seats. Do you need to pray and repent for sin and wrongdoing and come clean with God? Only you know that. 
Is there something you think that God doesn't know about, but in your heart you know he does? You just need to get honest and say, God, I've done this. I'm wrong. Forgive me. I found out who the enemy was. It was me. If you need to do that, do that. So what do you believe in God for? What do you see yourself doing that head that direction? Do it. Look at verse 29. And then it says, straightway, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Twelve years hurting like that, dried up. And this she felt in her body, that's called manifestation, that she was healed. She was healed of that diseases. And so it wrapped it up. She heard it. She did it. She did it. And she received it. She heard, she said, she did, she received. And then verse 34, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. And so if you practice these simple principles of faith and do what she did, you'll get what she got. Your faith can receive a miracle from Jesus. Amen. Let's stand up.